Hey, everybody. Welcome to Podcasting for Humans. Honest conversations about the art and heart of podcasting. This is a show about those who put themselves out there to connect with an audience through audio and the hopes, fears, regrets, struggles, and lessons that they learn that often come with creating a podcast. I'm your host, Richard Clark. I'm the owner of Area Code Audio, a podcasting agency that helps people build deep connections with their audience through a consistent and authentic podcast presence. And today, I am joined by Caitlin Beatty, one half of Saved by the City. She's also the author of Celebrities for Jesus and an editorial director for Brazos Press. Uh, welcome, Caitlin. Good to be with you, Richard. Uh, also, she, I don't want you to be nervous. Okay. <laughs> they Stop don't know what you're talking about. I edited all of the me being nervous stuff out already. And so okay. they they have no clue what's going on. But one of the reasons I'm sort of nervous is that you, you worked for 10 years plus, I think, at Christianity Today. And I was there for eight years of that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is like, um, this is the big reunion that everyone was calling for. Um <laughs> A big event. Getting the band back together. We got the band back together. All the good ones are, are here in this room right now. <laughs> no offense um, the, to all the, best the actual ones. good ones. No offense yeah. to all the rest who are actually better than the, at that job. I think the reason I'm actually bringing this up is the, the fact that we worked together on what I think was your first podcast project at the yeah, time. Is that right? Definitely. Yes. Yeah. So you hosted was- Quick to Listen for a little while. What was that yeah. experience like for you? Was it terrifying or fun or both? Yes. I believe Quick to Listen was the first podcast from like Christianity Today magazine and you were producing it, as I, yeah. if I recall correctly. Were you yeah. also, were we also like co-hosting sometimes or was that me and Morgan? You and Lee? Morgan co-hosted that show. Yes. Yeah. Um, I would say, as with everything related to news journalism, the pace of output was mm. relentless. And so mm-hmm. the pressure of like, okay, we have to find a topic this week and a guest that's like interesting and timely and has like yeah. the CT angle, that was stressful. But I've experienced this more with my more recent podcasting. Um, the prep work is really worth it to get to a great conversation that you want to go back and listen to. Like that's something that I did with quick to listen and now do with the podcast that I co-host is when we have a great conversation and it all just comes together. Like I go back and listen to that episode. I don't know if that's self-indulgent, but just realizing (laughs) there's Something that something can happen organically in a conversation that you can capture in a podcast that you couldn't you couldn't have planned for. Um, so I definitely remember feeling that way with Quick to Listen when it came together. What were so, so, some of the sort of like things that? Um, well, let me ask this: you you did that for a little while, and then you stopped, and then you changed careers or you changed your job. And mm-hmm. you start to work at Brazos Press. You mm-hmm. do other things. You're an author. And at some point, you started this other podcast. Um, what yeah. was the moment that you knew you wanted to actually like... <laughs> I feel like the other one, you were a little bit 
I don't know. Pressured is not, not the right word, roped but you were into. a little roped you were, into, roped into is, the right is a great way phrase. of putting it. It was sort of like, <laughs> we need a host. You'd be great. Come on, let's do this. And in this case, this feels like something you've done on purpose. <laughs> what was the, tell me about yeah. the moment that you decided, yeah. oh, I want to actually have a podcast that yeah. we do in that way. Yes. So the podcast that I co-host with my friend Roxanne Stone would not work without the foundation of our friendship and would mm-hmm. not work without the chemistry that just comes organically from us having been friends for over a decade, having processed all sorts of things about life, faith, relationships, um, how our faith has changed over time. When we are together in person, like off record, I think we both feel like, oh, we have so much to talk about. We feel so energized yeah. and and refreshed by whatever comes to the surface organically. So I think we, like most podcasts, I would say, you know, the first season, I think we were really getting our bearings related to like the production and the scripting mm-hmm. and recording. It just, I would say I wasn't entirely sure the season one, like, uh, is this working? Is it worth it? Gosh, it's it was a sort lot of, of an, work. an experimental phase at that moment. Yeah. A testing phase. I was, it. my heart wasn't all in, you know? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because you but, weren't sure if it was working or because you were. Think- I think I wasn't sure if it was connecting. Now we, okay. we launched, oh my gosh, we launched in the spring of 2021. So it was a, it was a weird time related to the pandemic and uh-huh. isolation and like things just kind of being out of whack. Yep. Um, I would say season, you know, as the seasons have progressed, all the production stuff, the scheduling, I mean, it's a lot of work, but I feel like we have the rhythms and the process in place. Um, I can just think back to specific episodes in like season two, season three, where I feel like, something happened in our conversation that was both authentic and natural and also huh. definitely deserved an audience and huh. resonated with people who were listening in. And that's when my, my heart was in. Tell people like what this podcast is just so people can have a sense. Yes. Really? I should have asked this question up front, but like, what is, <laughs> what is saved by the city? Say by the City is a podcast that is supported by Religion News Service, and it is really two friends who live in New York City who came here as transplants, grew up in the evangelical world, have like shared evangelical upbringing, mm-hmm. talking about different topics, ideas that relate to working out our faith in the modern world. So Mm -hmm. we have done episodes on purity culture. We have done episodes on racial justice. We have done episodes on, we're going to do an episode on matchmaking and like the dating apps. And um, we, we've talked about grief, but well, we had Amy Grant on and we had Beth Moore on. So those, Mm -hmm. those did quite well. Mm -hmm. We also did a just us episode about our experiences working at Christianity Today magazine Uh and kind of Uh like women and evangelical institutions to bring this full circle. And that blew up. 
<laughs> yeah, so, good. Yeah. So, yeah, it is it is centered on our friendship and the kind of conversations we are having off record, but then we know that so much of our experience is connecting with people who have a similar background and are trying to process yeah, working out their faith in the modern right. world. So talk about those few those like three moments you had in that first season. Tell me like what you were feeling in the moment you were having those conversations and mm. how would you articulate what it feels like to have those moments and what, what the nature of those moments are? I didn't realize that those conversations were special until I listened to them later. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And realized that we were working out something really core to our experience that we couldn't have landed on. Um, we could only have landed on in that conversation in like this natural organic way. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think of most communicators as being either primarily writers or speakers. Like yeah. you're, you're, you know, you're a, an amazing verbal communicator and you think of writing as kind of the secondary thing you do, or you're a writer and you speak on the side. And I'm definitely in that latter camp. Like I writing is how I think about the world Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, and, Mm -hmm. and connect with other people, which is why podcasting has always felt more vulnerable to me because like, even as we have been talking right now, I'm like, that wasn't grammatically correct, Caitlin. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do to go back and correct it. I know, right? I know. <laughs> it's just, it, yeah, it is It is more vulnerable, but it is more immediately dialogical. It's not me, one individual, trying to convey something to another individual, like something is happening between the two of us that is bigger than the sum of its parts. It takes two people dialoguing in order to get to that place that you're getting to on a podcast. Yeah. And that I, I truly can't in my writing, like it's just, it is much more one directional and obviously both types of communication are, are good, but definitely podcasting feels like stretching my handedness, you know, like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a lefty. And so, you know, like writing will always be my left hand. Podcasting yep. has been like trying to write with my right hand, but it's a, mm-hmm. it's a really good, like I'm getting at things that I couldn't get at with my dominant hand. Yeah. I think podcasting is, is about relationship and what's emerging mm. between two or more people that oh, I, yeah. I mean, obviously it sounds so obvious, but writing is solitary. Like writing just feels like yeah. I have these things in my head and my head's about to explode. So I need <laughs> to get the things out of my head so it doesn't explode. Yes. Podcasting and does not feel like that. <laughs> for me, like um, writing is, is, is dialoguing with fictional, a, a whole host of fictional people in my head. And podcasting is talking to one actual person. Um, and to me, the value, mm. the difference there is pretty clear. Obviously, everyone is not like that. You, you someone like you, I think, would have a sense of what they want to say. Um, and and it's more about untangling the strings. For me, it's like I've got a little art auditorium of people in there. <laughs> and they're all standing up that's and so, saying their piece. That's so interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, I think about writing as like categorizing. Like mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta sort out what I think. But yeah, I feel like it's very mm-hmm. telling that even even when you're coming up with a metaphor for your thoughts, it's like people. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. and and characters, and they all have something they want to say. I want to go back to the beginning of this podcast because I, I I would like to know about that. You know, what's the conversation that you and Roxy had where you landed on, let's do this. We we actually want to do mm. this together. I think it might have actually been the conversation about our experiences at Christianity Today. Mm. But I also remember feeling that way when we would talk about more vulnerable topics, like mm-hmm. dating, relationships, things that we're wrestling with in our faith. Yeah. We had an episode last season reflecting on the nature of grief because Roxy's dad died suddenly last year. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we were even trying to figure out like, how do we, okay, Roxy's gone through this enormous loss. How do we just acknowledge that Mm -hmm. in the podcast? And then it seems like we want to talk about it, but we, we don't want to, ask Roxy to like, you know, to, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I think it's, it's appropriate to think about what you do and don't want to share publicly. But I feel like those conversations when we go off script, Mm -hmm. you know, where we're just, we're dropping into connection. I think that's what it is. I think it's connection in the course of conversation that feels like we couldn't even have planned this, but something emerged in this conversation that is really beautiful and is worth sharing with others because by sharing it, we're also connecting with them. Have you ever questioned whether you wanted to keep making the podcast? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I say that knowing that Roxy and probably our producer Jonathan will hear me. So true confessions. Um, nice. I think I, I, in general, I'm all in. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the times that I uh, it's not so much like, am I going to bail? It's more like, how sustainable is this? And I think the moments that that question arises is like, do we have enough topics to talk about? We, we, I feel mm. like we kind of circle around the same like you could kind of slot all of our episodes into like four or five categories. So I think we're, we yeah. are actually, we're about to launch season seven, which is great. But I think we are thinking as a team, like how do we keep this fresh? How do we shake things up? You know, we have the process and the structure in place, but maybe we need to break out of the structure sometimes. Like maybe we yeah. need to really think about, uh, you know, an episode that is, um, pure conversation there's no script there's no guest (laughs) you know Uh um we we did do one of my favorite episodes uh we did like man on the street interviews in new york city asking them what they thought of when they heard the word evangelical Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like i would love to do more i i really liked that kind of reporting style um we want to bring on more people from different faith perspectives because i think it's just because of who we are and where we work, it's really easy to bring on like all the evangelicals who are 
who have a new book out, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> starts yes. to feel a little tired. Yep. So anyway, those are the those are the time. I I feel like there are questions about sustainability as it relates to how do we keep this feeling fresh and mm-hmm. how do we keep feeling energized to be creative and try new things. I feel like tied up in in what you're talking about with sustainability is like how important is this? Like how valuable is this really? And you're sort of always ask it sounds like you're always asking that question like if we're talking about the same five subjects is there anything more to contribute or is this diminishing returns do do we need to uh maybe okay we've had that conversation we've kind of more or less said what we needed to say we wanted to uh-huh. say maybe we need to talk about something like totally out of left field just to see how it goes uh-huh. um also you might be aware that there is a glut of podcasts <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of that. Like, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like how do you how do you find your people and your audience when they have like a, a lot dozen to listen you know, to. Yeah. They have a lot to listen to. Even if they subscribe to only a handful, how do you yeah. get into that slot where like I'm I'm subscribed to get the download every week? We haven't even talked about the monetary dimensions. Yeah. I mean, it's that's no fun. Let's not talk about that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just okay. kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, <laughs> it's a deflating thing to talk about sometimes, and it's all tied to this sustainability question and the question of, um, the question of like, are there too many podcasts? I'm curious, like, what that makes you feel when you when you think about the number of podcasts that's out there, um, because mm-hmm. I felt two ways that are pretty extreme from each other. Most of the time, mm-hmm. I'm very idealistic about this. I'm like, yeah, everyone mm-hmm. should have a podcast. We haven't yet reached the number of podcasts that there are books, so let's keep going. Um, and uh, as long as they're good and unique and special, like everyone should do it. And then I'll try to put out a podcast and it won't get the mm-hmm. numbers I was hoping. And you, right. you do feel like you're screaming into like a void or worse, like just a room full of people who are not paying attention to you. Um, well, because they're in a very noisy, crowded room and yeah. they can't even they might be interested in what you have to say, but they can't even hear you because of the din of the room. Yes. So do you have feelings about about that? I think sometimes when I tell people that I have a podcast, I feel a little worried about their potential judgment of like, mm. oh, how mm-hmm. original. <laughs> yeah. Like back when you had a blog, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I just set up my new blog. So how do you do that? How do you manage that? Like when you're telling people I have a podcast and you're worried about their them, you know, thinking it's just whatever. Yeah. How do you, what do you, how do you cope or manage that? <laughs> well, sometimes I'll say it. I have a podcast <laughs> or like, mm-hmm. I too have a podcast. Like I'll just say in that voice that helps. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but also, you know, sometimes when I'm actually like, then when I'm actually telling people what it is and what mm-hmm. we're trying to do, I feel like, yeah, there is actually something unique. It's not just like two friends shooting the breeze for three hours, you know? Yes. And also on that point. So I've, I've always, you know, preferred podcasts that are very structured 30 minutes or less, like uh-huh. get in, get out, give me the information I need, like tightly edited. And that's <laughs> yeah. generally still We're different, true. But that's fine. Go ahead. I know. Uh, but 
There is a podcast that an ex-boyfriend told me about. And I was like, oh my gosh, every episode is like almost two hours long. Who would listen? And now it is one of my absolute favorite podcasts. I listen many weeks. It's called The Rewatchables with Bill Simmons. And it's just... And like an old movie that's rewatchable. They just do a total deep dive every single week. And it's such a dude podcast. (laughs) And I love it. So the ringer in particular is like, it's a, it's a ringer podcast. And I, yeah, those are the ones where I'm like, I don't know. I listen to those a lot and they just do a really good job of like creating personalities and enabling personalities that you want to hear from a, a lot. It's, it's very much like, well, a, they have super smart people on yeah, a lot of the yeah. time. And also yeah. they've, they've created like categories for mm-hmm. e- assessing each movie. And so it feels like a little bit of a game. Like they've mm, kind of, that's good. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Um, it's okay that we're different. Oh, I agree. Uh, I think it's better that way. Actually. <laughs> What what part of podcasting gives you the most energy? I really like brainstorming topics and guests. Okay. So yeah. I really like the the idea phase. Yeah. Like who would be fun to have on? Let's let's try this. So we I I just sent an email. It was a long shot. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen, but like shoot your shot. And we got mm-hmm. Krista Tippett to say yes to coming on to our podcast. Amazing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, that feels incredibly rewarding. Yes. Like, I feel like we're doing something right. If yep. we're doing something interesting and helpful and beneficial, if someone like Krista Tippett, kind of like the OG of spirituality conversations on the radio and then podcasting yes, is willing to come and talk to us. Um, yeah, th- that's an important point because I feel like it is, um, it, it can get to be a grind, particularly if there is no concrete thing that says oh we're doing we're doing it right um and that is like mm-hmm. that is one of those things where that moment happens and you're like it's happening like you feel the momentum happening yeah no yes those wins yes. i guess yes when beth moore said i'd love to come on and talk about celebrity i mean i just feel like mm-hmm. okay we're doing something right yeah i feel like the feedback loop on podcasting is slow like i don't yeah. You know, with with what I write, I'll get, com- you know, you get the comments or you get the page views yep. or with books, you can, you know, book sales or reviews or whatever. I just don't think that many people think to leave podcast reviews. And we yes. literally ask our listeners every single week, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. rate and review us. It goes a long way to helping get the word out about the show. Email us. Like, I <laughs> think it's feel down. Yep. Yeah, I think it's something about how people are listening to podcasts, like they're on a walk or they're driving or they're at the gym. Yeah. It's not in the moment where you would think, oh, I want to let them know how much I appreciated that or connect, you know, I connected to that. You're not like you're like not in the physical space to do it well. Yes. And I, I, I think there's a there is a relationship happening. There's like a friendship a kind of friendship Mm -hmm. that is happening. And one of the things that does actually happen in friendships like the, and, and marriages and anyone, any close relationships is you start to take them for granted. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you're not making that effort to reach out because it just happens. 
And I, I think yeah. they feel like your audience feels like they're very close to you. You haven't heard from them in years. <laughs> you know, that's sort of the yeah. dynamic that can, that's that can so be really lonely over time. I think. That's super interesting that there are tons of people out there who could have this emotional connection to the mm-hmm. creative your work you're putting out into the world and even a sense of intimacy with these people. I mean, much more so for podcasting than for writing. And like you would never know. Yeah. <laughs> like and, you know that people are downloading. You do. They're assuming yeah. you're seeing yes. the download numbers and you're fine. It's great. What they're yeah. not realizing is like, actually, they could probably keep you going for another month if they just said, I really like this one. <laughs> you I know, got, something. So I got a note from my dad's cousin. She's a very sweet woman in her 60s. And I had no idea that she listened to Say by the City. Yeah. Uh, and I got a note from her at Christmas saying, I can't adequately express how much I enjoy listening to you and Roxy. I even recommended the podcast to a friend from church, and she also listened. Your podcast topics have caused me to re-examine some long-held beliefs and look at them through fresh eyes. And I shared this with our team. And it just, just hearing from that one person, and I know she's a family member, but like, whoa, (laughs) like she has been really affected by the work that we're doing. Yeah. That's that's pretty amazing. That's all you want as a communicator. Yes. And we don't get enough. And I think that there's a, it's important to set up ways for podcasters to continue to hear that stuff. Like I, there's some need, I think also just to be vulnerable to your audience and say, Hey, like I'm not going to feel like doing this, if I don't hear that it's benefiting people. Not, not that you say, give me affirmation, but <laughs> Maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe I would. I don't know. I mean, in so many words, I think maybe you yeah. do. Not not for an ego boost, but to know the work that we're doing matters and is worth continuing to do. You know, right. like it, we want to know that if we went away tomorrow, you would feel sad. Yes. <laughs> that, yes. that you would feel like an empty space in your life. Uh-huh. Yeah. A saved so- by the city shaped hole in your heart. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's right. It's a weird image, but that's good. What what would you say is the reason that you would stop doing this? Like what's the biggest struggle in all of this that you Mm-mm. that um yeah. that you have? I mean, I think it's easy to say like with any kind of production, you know, mm-hmm. if you're producing a magazine, if you're producing books, if you're doing a blog, if you're doing a podcast, the the grind of the production schedule, there's no way to not feel burnt out at some point. And that's why in part, why we, we do record by seasons. Like Mm -hmm. we take the summer off and we usually take like January and February off, which is great. Like, I think we all feel like we need that. Um, so if we got to a point where we were like, you know what, we're all just like burnt out. Mm -hmm. This doesn't feel sustainable. I think Two, though, what could happen is not so much like I just can't we get to a place where we say I can't do this anymore, but more maybe we've said what we wanted to say. Like Mm. maybe we have kind of said the most important things that we think via our conversations as friends will be beneficial to other people. I don't have any pretense that 
will just continue to be endlessly fascinating to more and more people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, you know, if, if like, if your podcast is centered on a friendship and your friendship changes in it to a degree, and I, I'm not expecting this with me and Roxy, but if the dynamics of the friendship change to where you feel like the podcast just doesn't make any sense anymore, given the nature of our friendship, I feel like mm-hmm. why force it? Because I think listeners can tell when it feels like a real friendship and when it feels yeah. more forced or strained. And I think the reason that I didn't feel as excited about season the earlier episodes of our podcast was that it felt so scripted and it mm. because of that, it felt so artificial, like mm-hmm. that we were kind of burying the best thing about it, which is the natural friend dynamic. Interesting. So it wasn't that you weren't friends. You started out as friends and it was a matter yeah. of sort of allowing that to be uncovered and, I think we were really nervous, honestly. Yeah. I think we it took a while for us to get used to the sound of our the the idea that other people would be listening in mm-hmm. and maybe nervous about like saying the wrong thing. I mean, I will say there have been a couple episodes of the podcast where I'm like, I really shouldn't have said that. Like I I, I said something actually in the first episode of the podcast alluding to a friend not thinking that she would hear it Mm. and I didn't name her or reveal her identity Mm. but she did listen and she knew it was her Mm. and it happened in an incredibly like vulnerable time in her life Mm. and it really hurt her and I felt awful like yeah I didn't I you know I was not intending to hurt her but it really made me rethink the dynamic of how do you speak vulnerably without drawing others into that in ways that they didn't consent to yep. <laughs> and that there's a difference between like I'm speaking honestly and I'm speaking in a like a catty or critical way sure yeah and, and I um, do think yeah that's interesting because like th- those two things, I, I like that you dis- made a distinction between those two things because I think catty and critical, well, when they're paired together is less honest, less truthful, less authentic mm. than the other thing, which is why I think authenticity is such an important piece. I mean, authenticity is a buzzword. It's been given a bad name because people use it to justify mm-hmm. a lot of shit, but like, Joe Rogan, I, in my opinion, is not an authentic dude. He is sort of going off mm. the cuff with like he with catty and controversial and whatever um, yeah. in a really specific way. And it's all walls, right? It's all it's all um, you can tell detachment. it's a persona. Yeah, you can t- you yeah. can tell that it's like I'm giving the people what they want. And he's probably lost the capacity to even ask, like, is that me? <laughs> like, like <laughs> well, he, because. Because the persona has worked so well and there's so much financial incentive to keep doing what he's doing that like. And also we do this ourselves in everyday conversation all the time. That is that is sort of the point I'm making is like just because you're talking like you do in everyday life Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you can go on a podcast and do that same thing and you're being authentic. Sometimes it's actually just like really hard to be authentic in normal conversation. That's the challenge. (laughs) 
<laughs> Just know? because it sounds like a normal conversation doesn't mean it's authentic because even off record normal human mic. conversations yeah. are scripted or you know they're we're attempted to play play a role. <laughs> right. How do we get to the real? How do we get to the real, Caitlin? That's the real question. <laughs> That's the question. But I like I appreciate you sharing that because that is a really vulnerable example of something that I think has happened to a lot of us, which is like, we think we're being vulnerable. We think we're just like being ourselves. And we realize mm -hmm. that we're actually like hurting people that are close to us. Yeah. Because we weren't really like dialed in. Yes. In a way that we needed to be maybe into the. Yeah. I think I'm comfortable saying that while I want say by the city and podcasting in general to feel authentic and like it's actually connecting with people and it's arising from real relationship. I do at the end of the day place priority on like my off screen friendships and relationships, mm -hmm. meaning mm -hmm. <clears throat> if what I'm, what I find myself doing or I'm required to do in this public communication space is harming people who are not in that space, then yeah. I'm obviously doing something wrong. Yes. Yeah. Like the relationships that I have with people that are not mediated in the same way. Yeah. I give the, I, I try to give those primacy and I'm, I'm learning, but that was a huge, like, wow, I totally wiped out and totally hurt one of my dearest friends. And felt enormously guilty about it for a long time, like probably a mm. year. Um, mm. we're, we're in a really good place in our friendship. It's totally, it's, we, we have repaired that, but it was a, yeah. it was a hard lesson early on in podcasting. I'm just floating in a thought here and you tell me if you think this is true, but like you sort of frame that as adversarial, like the, the relationships between those two things, like make a good show, be totally vulnerable and authentic versus hurting your friend's feelings. If you've got to choose one, you're going to choose this one over here. I wonder if it, it might not be super valuable to place that first because they are representatives of our audience. Mm -hmm. um, if there's not someone who might have heard that who related to that person and would feel a similar way, maybe a lower stakes there, but like that's a, mm. that's a sign that like if you're hurting someone you know because of an, a statement like that, then maybe you're hurting a lot of other people in a similar way. You're saying they're not disconnected. Yeah. Like if like harm in one space could mean harm in another space. Harm in one space could represent harm in another space. Yeah. Yeah. What about podcasting as a vehicle for like saying hard things mm -hmm. that you actually wouldn't say to like, let's say mm -hmm. Dave Ramsey if he yeah. were sitting in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, you know, Hillsong church leaders, Carl Lentz, like we have, you know, Roxy and I have said things critical about certain leaders, yeah, public figures Yeah, that if I were in a conversation with them or even with like maybe a member of their church, I probably would temper what I'm saying a little bit. I'm yeah, just, that's super I'm fair. kind of, yeah. I want to be self-aware about not turning on the like flame emoji just uh -huh. to get people riled up and just to get reaction. Does that make sense? 
Yes. And, and okay. So here's what it is. Are they part of your audience? And that's a real question. Sometimes they're not like I, if I'm talking about Dave Ramsey, if I'm talking, I know Dave Ramsey is talking about other people and that's the example you use. Let's say I'm talking about how Dave Ramsey sucks or whatever. Like <laughs> just, just hypothetically, hypothetically, <laughs> which this podcast is not for that. So just hear me out. People who like Dave Ramsey, that's not what I'm doing. But, um, let's say I was <laughs> just say that happened to happen. Like on a podcast that was about that, like he's not my audience. Right. Mm-hmm. And the people who love him are, would not be my audience in that scenario. Ideally, I am, which really to the point is you are choosing to alienate portion of your audience and that can be okay um but you need to be okay with that like consciously i think in scenarios like that yeah i think you if you're i think it should be a choice like it should be an intentional okay we're we want to wade into these waters we know that a segment of our audience might be here we we think it's it's still important to wade into these waters but we know that there's a risk and maybe there's a way to kind of mitigate the alienation that could come when we say this to a segment, like maybe there's a way to kind of keep them engaged or to even just like frame it a little nicer or like Uh a little more gentle so that people apparently, you know, when you say things in a civil and nuanced and kind way people are better able to hear that than when you're like yelling into the void that's what they say i don't know we'll see (laughs) (laughs) well let's try it let's try it um in what ways has podcasting changed you i think it's made me somebody who who plays well with others (laughs) (laughs) not all the time why did that make me laugh so hard yeah that's good like I really like having my own schedule, doing what I want, when I want, getting my work done, working quietly, checking things off a list. I'm very independent in how I work. Yeah. And podcasting is not like that. I don't think for anybody. Right. I don't think good podcasts are like that. So your job is not to show up and say the the best or most brilliant thing. Your job mm-hmm. is to open yourself up to the insights of other people and have a real conversation in hopes that you get to a place of of truth and something that could help or inspire others. And I yeah. can't do that on my own. Yeah. You're you're really reliant on other people and you are beholden to other people's opinions and hopes and hang yeah and also just in a really pragmatic way i mean both roxy and i when we first started talking about this idea we're like we we do not want to do anything related to the technical aspect of any of this uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> like absolutely not yeah <laughs> um and so just the fact that we have a producer jonathan woodward who does a fantastic job of mm-hmm like creating a beautiful seamless episode out of kind of the mess that we're throwing at him in our audio files. Like it's yeah. pretty incredible. And that's yes. something that yeah. both Roxy and I, like we could never ever do this. Huh. So just seeing the, the art of like pulling together a podcast that sounds like something you actually want to listen to. And then being able to let go 
once you've spoken it on mic and maybe heard a draft or two? Like, how does that work? So, yeah. So we do, um, Jonathan does send us a roughed draft Mm -hmm. a few days before the episode goes live. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's like, this is all great. We don't have any edits. Maybe there's like a little blip here. And then other times I'm like re-listening to what I said. And I'm like, I should not say that. We should not say that. That (laughs) was not, you know, so there is still some level of control that we're exerting over what we say. If you could get into a time machine and go back in time and talk to yourself as you're about to start this podcast. <laughs> what would I you thought say? you were going to say something more interesting like, what era would you go to? No, it's within your own lifespan and it's specifically within the span of the podcast. This is a purely narcissistic time machine. It only goes yeah, back exactly. to you. <laughs> exactly. And you can only interact with yourself. <laughs> what do you tell yourself right before you're about to start the podcast? Let go of control. Hmm. It'll all work out. Like, do hmm. the work. Do excellent work. Like, there's going to be a grind to it. Um, But, yeah, let go of control, like, of needing to know what the results will be, trusting that the results will be good because they're arising out of something real and authentic in your relationship with Roxy. This has been um, a really good conversation. I, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Everyone should go and listen to Saved by the City. Thanks for a conversation where I was once again forced to let go of control. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>